introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way. Peace, everybody. What's going on? Another episode of the Poet Life Podcast. I'm J-Rod D, my good brother, Christoph. Right, yep. so we're your co-host for the Poor Life Podcast. Today we have a special guest. We have a guest who we both are familiar with for a while now as far as the name, as far as hearing about the brother. Never really got to see him. It's always, it was always like a like a mystique type thing. You had mentioned earlier, like a mystique type thing, like a Batman. You, you, you see him on occasion. You hear about him all the time type thing. Um, but I just found out, not recently, but during our interview with um, my poor laureate guest that we had, Miss Kenny Carson, that this is her husband. So we had a brother... 13 and Nazareth was also a phenomenal poet in the game for a while now. When I first started doing poetry, I heard her name um, a lot. Like, you ever heard 13, 13? I said, nah, who's that? Check him out, check him out. So it was like years ago. I'm checking out old stuff in 13. I'm like, okay, probably, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. And so, like, being that the age I was, it was kind of like trying to comprehend what you're talking about, you know, at the age I was. But now it's kind of like, okay, I can go back and, and you know, enjoy and ask, ask me, you know, benefit from it. So without further ado, man, we have a good brother Thurston Navarro's here. And he's here with a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight for us. Um so good brother man, how, how how you doing man? Welcome to the show. Uh on oh, peace. Uh thank you for having me. Uh yes, sir. and thank you for the invitation. No problem, no problem man. Yeah. So I guess we go get started. Um like I said man, I've heard about your name for a while, but I guess um from the horse's mouth himself, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to the pen? uh a little bit about myself and what was the last part of that what led you to the pen what led me to the pen yeah. uh so uh i'll answer that in reverse uh cool. what led me to the pen uh initially was the, a combination of things uh, uh tupac Shakur died on my 20th birthday uh he was my uh my voice before i found my voice right so the loss of his life uh kind of forced me in part in that direction and then my cousin uh shortly after tupac's passing uh was actually the initial spark right he tried to convince me to rhyme and when he was attempting to convince me i was resistant but made you know made the attempt to freestyle and it was like uh the best way i can describe it is like it was like a cork like popped in my throat right and nothing that i said initially made any sense to me like while i was saying it but the feeling of being able to attempting to put my thoughts into rhythmic form was a feeling that i felt required to explore uh more deeply okay okay yeah. so so since then it's like 96 97 since then you've been you've been consistently with it always like ever ever point in time you felt like you had to take a break just just to life or it's been like straight well through. life has required me to take breaks okay um you know i uh i 
even before I began writing, uh, I was, was and have uh, suffered with seizures. Um, and so health issues have uh, sometimes kept me from uh, being on stage uh, and traveling as much as I would like, as I, yeah. as I would like to. Understood. Understood. Okay. Um. So, all right. <clears throat> so we got the preliminaries out of the way. All right. So now that we get to this right here, like I want to ask you a question. I want to start asking all our guests this now. Like, how how would you describe? I guess what's 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 your your style? My you know style. We have a lot of guys who are slam. A lot of guys who are um like love poets or more like universalists. Like they speak on various topics. Like, what, what would you say your style is? Um. I speak on various topics, but like healing is always the goal. So if, if, but I don't know if healing is a style per se, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm, I'm hip hop influenced, right? I'm a fan of lyricism. So I, I want, like, I want the lyrics to really, uh, for those who like lyrics, I want the lyrics to mm-hmm. actually like hit, mm-hmm. uh, like hard enough that you want to return for another listen mm. right it, to go back uh whether it's to try to catch something that you think you might have missed or to just be like i actually heard that and i just really want to hear it again mm. right so uh that's but I, I don't know if how how that would be described as a style right um whatever whatever the topic is okay uh that i write about i want it to uh both in, inspire mm. uh the the listener uh and uh not just in, inspire them in terms of maybe them writing themselves mm-hmm. but just to inspire them to take what they hear uh as it relates to their own life i i say this all the time uh to people if uh when you hear me speak uh whatever resonates with you right like take that and apply that to your life and whatever doesn't resonate with you like set that aside until uh, a point in time where it resonates and if it never does then don't worry about it Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah that makes sense um because i know i know our most recent guests um not most recent guests but one of our previous guests um i asked her a question like do do you feel as Feel as though shorter poems or longer poems kind of get a message across. Um, because what we do with the poor life community, with poor life podcast, we try to we try to give people information about not only the poor life, not poor life, poor life community, but also the poor industry. So it's two different levels you can look at. Like we've got content delivery. We also have like different venues. We have public venues or maybe more private uh, plan paid for venues and like um, both both settings have their own audience, own crowd, and it's kind of like you want to get the message across to both crowds. Um, and so your delivery is important. Your style is important. Your, your content is important. But, um, you know, do you feel as though it, it, it may take 
I mean, of course, you want to judge the room and, and, and know who's in the room. But oftentimes, right. like, do you think it's more effective to get a longer poem in or a shorter poem in? I guess, of course, it depends on the situation. But what do you feel more comfortable with as a poet? Uh, starting out, uh, my first time to the stage, the very first poem that I shared with an audience, it, it was all of about 60 seconds. <laughs> Right, it might, that's introduction, poem, <laughs> response, me leaving the stage, right? So All the in poem 60 itself, seconds. Yeah, so the poem itself might've been like 30 seconds. Um, but as the years have gone on, you know, I've written pieces that are much longer. Uh, I don't think the, the length of the piece I don't think that is a determining factor in its effectiveness. Okay. And I believe that 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 is really a matter of who you're speaking to, right? Uh, you know, like uh, I recently I was watching Black Thought on uh, uh, well, rewatching Black Thought uh, freestyle. He freestyled for like ten minutes on flex right? right right you know and so i'm listening to it and the lines hit harder the second time i was watching it than they did the first time right and 10 minutes is pretty long for a freestyle right so it doesn't i don't think that the the amount of time in the piece right however I think you got to take into consideration people's attention span and the subject matter that you're sharing, like whether it or not it actually interests the uh, the people that you're talking to, right? So that that circles back to knowing your audience, right? Because you know I think that there are people who could also sit and listen to that black door freestyle and not respond the way that I would. Right, because the things that he's saying, like it may be certain punchlines that he's that come across that makes sense to me because he's referencing something that I remember from back in the day, or you know, a, a, a TV show, or right. you know, another right. MC's lines uh, that somebody else might not catch. So it might just sound like him rambling on for a long time, even though it sound dope. It might not mean as much to them. Like he could for somebody else who's not familiar with his uh his career, it, it might not resonate as much. So I think the length of the piece is not really a determining factor. Okay. You you good, Chris? Because I, I have a question. Yeah, man, I, I um I'm just into this conversation. I'm, I'm okay. simply listening, but I'm also writing down some notes here, man. Yeah. Um, you said on your 20th birthday, um, Tupac passed, right? So, so that's roughly around the time you started writing 21, 22, around that age, around that age. Would you, would you say like you were, you were called to, to write? You know, because you did you say your cousin or your your cousin. friend, your cousin, cousin, your cousin, um, kind of, kind of pushed you a little bit, nudged you a little bit, say you know you you should start rhyming, like you should start writing. Um, 
and you kind of resisted a little bit. What do you think the resistance was? What what was that? The, resi the resistance was I didn't think I could do it. Mm. There, it was for me the resistance was really simple, right? It was I, I don't believe that I can do this, so I'm not even gonna try. I right? see. Right, that was it. And uh, you know, I think uh, I'd like to say uh, uh, life has proven me wrong. <laughs> Right. But I, I when he when he's when he mentioned it to me, I sat and, you know, I listened to him freestyling, uh, listened to someone else we knew at the time freestyling. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Right. And and then just after. Uh, a bit of nudging uh and a and a couple drinks right <laughs> right i kind of the courage like kind of built up inside me and mm -hmm. i decided that i would give it a shot and you know as i would tell anybody that first go around i was horrible yeah right it was but once it occurred like once i felt that feeling I was just like I, I need I need to try this more. I need to explore it more deeply, and essentially that's that's what that's what happened. Gotcha. Did did your flow or your way of presenting or performing evolve? You know, from then to now. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, but yeah, absolutely. Um, it initially. I was, my flow initially was mimicry, right? I, I was mimicking what I thought was good, right? Because I wanted it to sound good, but what I was mimicking was the voice of other people, right? And then, uh, and while that sounded good for them, it wasn't me. And so I needed, I just needed time to explore uh, myself uh, and, and find what made sense for me as an artist. What uh, what piece would you say you actually feel like you 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 got the voice voice down pat? Your style, your your content, your delivery, how you want to do it. What piece and moment of time in that? Well, so I think that it's a lot of pieces that fit in that particular category. Okay. But I think one that really does it is uh, this piece, Labyrinth. It, it's a piece about my grandmother. Uh, which took me uh it took me a while to write it like i wanted to write a piece about her like mm. to honor her memory mm. but every time i wrote the piece uh i felt like i had the story but i didn't capture the spirit mm. right like everything that i said was like anyone who knew her, I was like, if they hear this, 
they'll be like, that's about her. Mm. But like, I wanted, I didn't just wanted the people to, who knew her to be able to remember her. I also wanted the people who remembered her to when they heard it, to like feel her presence. And I knew that I had it when I finished writing it and like read it aloud to myself. And it was like she was in the room with me. Mm. So any piece wherein I'm able to do that, like regardless of the subject, right? If I can get both the content, right? Or, you know, if I could get the letter and the spirit to be cohesive in the in the piece, then you know those are the pieces where I feel like my voice is best captured. Mm. Wow. Um. You, I, I want to make sure I heard that correctly. You said the poem that you wrote in honor of your grandmother missed the spirit. No, no. no. So I tried to write, I had been trying to write a poem about her for years. Gotcha. And every time I wrote a piece about her, I gotcha. felt like the pieces captured the letter. Got it. But they didn't capture the spirit. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't, like those, those pieces like never made it to mm. a stage, right? Cause I read them to myself and I was like, that's not it. Yeah. Right. Like. That's cool, but that's not it. When I finally got it down, got it. When I finally shared it with an audience. How, well, how was that response? How was that feedback? Uh, the feedback from that piece uh, was and has continued to be, uh, you know, people have said that they felt like they like got to know my grandmother. Other people have said that they felt like I was talking about their grandmother. Right. Uh, there have been elders who are grandmothers that felt, you know, shared that they felt honored. Right. That yeah. a grandchild would write this about their grandmother. Right. Right. Which just further reinforced that whole capturing uh, of the spirit. Yeah. That's good. Do you think, do you think nowadays, um, I know, I know we did speak earlier about knowing the room and knowing the audience, and then you know, even comparing Black Thoughts freestyle to to even like a younger generation. Um, do you feel as though now you can reach this crowd as effectively as you may have been able to reach the crowd that you was around in your heyday? You know what I'm saying? Because you're not you're not old old, but like you you you're OG in the game, and and that's respectfully speaking. So as OG in the game. Do you, do you feel as though this generation, not that it's lost, but do you think that going back to the Black Thought comparison, do you think um, your lyrics were hit as well or even as hard for this younger generation now? Um, You know, I, I, I wrestle with that in a way okay. because I think that some of the things I might, again, using the same Black Thought comparison, some of the things that I might reference it just might go past somebody because of just lack of familiarity with a particular subject. Uh, but I, I believe that my 
you know, me being older, it's a double-edged sword, yeah, right? Okay. Because yeah, 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 if yeah. I'm if I'm in a space, then uh where there's someone who already loves poetry, right? But they just happen to be much younger than me, mm-hmm. then that particular person, right? Or the people who fall into that category, if someone has mentioned me to them, then they're listening already with a certain level of expectation, right? But if somebody is just in a space and they don't really, the art form don't matter to them one way or another, they just happen to be out at the poetry spot because it's the place where, you know, some of their friends wanted to go for the evening, right? It it could cut the complete opposite way, right? They could hear me and it could just sound like I'm throwing a whole bunch of words together, trying to sound deep and mean absolutely nothing. That's interesting that you can, yeah, that's, you know, that you can recognize that because I don't, I don't know if a lot of poets can recognize that, you know, or, or if they have the skill set to recognize or or to read the room, you know, um, not not to say that they would change up their whole presentation, if you will. But I don't know. Uh, would you like so if you did go into a setting where you kind of recognize that where all right, last week it was f- full of older folks if you will and then the the following week it was more so some some younger cats in there what's the switch up is there a switch up or is there a change of tone what what do you what's that look like to you um so i'm i'm thankful that throughout the years i haven't really been one but i know that that like performing artists uh you you go and you have a show to do and you know, many artists uh, come to the show with a set prepared. Uh, in terms of reading the room, I let the energy of the room, like I have a certain amount of material that I just got floating around in my mind. Got it. And when I get to the microphone, the energy that's present in the room dictates what it is that I'm going to share. And you know, sometimes that lands perfectly and other times not so much, right? But the times when it doesn't land, I I kind of walk away with the assumption that there, there must have been someone there, right? Gotcha. Who needed that particular word. And it just might not have been for the entire room on, on that night and okay with that right i'm 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 okay with somebody not getting it yeah for sure right that's that's i think that that's part of the the poet's journey yeah right you gotta you gotta be okay with being misunderstood because you walk into the room assuming that everybody is gonna is gonna understand everything that it is that you'll have that you have to say uh, you'll be in for a, a mini amount of rude awakenings. Yeah, that's real. That leads to my next question too, because I'm thinking about like, just as just as your career, and even now in your career too, like, um, what what was it that, I guess, supercharged 
your career as a poet? Like going from just the open mic scene to getting paid performances and being called to do, come here and going to travel. Like what, 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 what was it that supercharged the whole process to get you to where um, you actually are now? You know what I'm saying? Like what was that process like from just starting off, not not even going through the whole process of starting off, but like what, what, what was it like? Was it a moment or a succession of moments where um, you had just, I guess, put more, put more in line with your lyrics or just put more in line for the game and just, went on more like what were the sacrifices you made to actually make these um make this career as you have now um interestingly enough uh there was no supercharging moment uh it, what it was is as i shared you know with me having you know suffering with seizures mm -hmm. uh before i got on the road Right, I was just working a nine to five, and I had a period in time where I was having so many seizures that I was unable to work. Mm. And every every time I made the attempt to return to work, uh, I would suffer from more seizures. Right, either uh, like shortly after I would start working, and so since I was already performing locally. Like in my hometown, yeah. uh, in Norfolk, Virginia, I was already performing in the area. Um, I just decided that I would give a go at doing something where I could be in complete control of my schedule. Okay. Right. Okay. So I wouldn't yeah. have to worry. Right. If I had a day where I had seizures, then I could just be like, I'm not going to do anything today. Right, I could pick up the phone and be like, "Listen, I can't make it to this show because of this," and I would not have to worry about somebody saying, "Don't come back." <laughs> right, and so that was that was the motivation. So it was no supercharging moment. It was, uh, it was necessity. Okay. Yeah. So it was a it was a necessity to be intentional about creating the life that you wanted to live. Yeah. 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 That's need, need, needed for it to happen. I mean, I I really just I wanted to be in control of my own schedule. Right. Uh, yeah, I get it for sure. I I totally get it, man. Um if we can speak about healing uh, for a second, man, I think it would help a lot of people, right? Um, you know, we 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 all know, you know, that poetry uh, specifically is is known for being a remedy for uh, or or um, or medicine in regards to to healing, right? And and um, but where 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 have you figured it out to where it's not just medicine but it's also um a tool and resource that can give you the life that you want to live right like so um like for me i write for others like i i can name like five poems that i wrote like for myself for whatever reason, I've been given the pen to like write in the voices of others. 
Um, you know, you know, I, I can write in the voice of a child, uh, a female, you know, an older per person. And it's just interesting that way. Um, but how do you balance your calling uh, to write for healing, but also create a career out of the the poetry that you write, if, if that makes sense at all? Uh, so after making getting on the roll, right? It it really the whole thing has been an act of faith. Yes. Uh I did not uh it's weird. It's I as I say it in my own mind, right? It it actually sounds uh both contradictory and foolish that even though I stepped out to be in control of my own schedule mm. and wanted to make money. I did not, I was not really driven mm. by the money, right? I, I actually went into it. Uh, I enjoy it, right? I enjoy writing. I enjoy sharing. I enjoy hearing. Mm. Right. All of these things I, I, I enjoy reading. Right. All of these things in relationship to the art form that I just enjoy. Right. So I couple that with. Uh, I figure if. Uh, if I could make enough. Mm. Right. I was. It wasn't become a superstar. It was. If I could make enough to be able to sustain myself and do what I enjoy, then I'm going to do that. Right. And, yeah. and then my love for the art form helped me to recognize that if I could also encourage others, right. Right. To, 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 to find what it is that they enjoy some of, for some people that'll be poetry, you know, for somebody else, you know, that could be engineering. Right. But they right. might also like poetry. But if they if that's what if that's what they find that like brings them joy. And they are willing to just push themselves into that. And right. I've somehow supported it with by doing the same thing, then my my job is doing itself. Yeah. Right? I just show up. And participate in the work that is going it's going to happen one way or another uh i'm just hoping that i, I can support the process right which for me goes back to the healing uh you know because if it's something that you love doing then i believe the thing that you love doing will also help heal you i, I don't know if this is actual scripture or if it's just something that i've heard uh both religious and spiritual people say but your gift will make a way for you yeah make room for you yeah totally yeah i you know i i really want because all right so we have uplifting the poetry community and building the poetry industry right it, it could almost be um an oxymoron for some people um right. And, right and and 
I really want poets to get to that healthy middle, that middle ground, uh, because I really don't believe, and, and there are a lot of poets that feel guilty for just knowing their value. You know what I mean? I think I think that is the healthy place right there. You know, not being driven by money, you know, because no matter what industry it is, you shouldn't be driven by money, you know? Um, but, but for some reason, because it's poetry, so many of us feel like, you know, um, I, I shouldn't charge this amount because I love it. You know, this is, I do it for the love and all of that, right? All of that. And I'm, and I, and I'm trying to get to a place and get people to get, get, or help people get to a place where they're not feeling guilty for naming their price because they know their value. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and just to know that it's not you being greedy, you know, money hungry. It is simply you knowing your value, you know what you offer, you know the value that you can add to that company, that organization, because in the end, they're going to make their money off of the entertainment, the healing that you bring. So why would it be a bad thing for me to get what's due me? The service that I provided you, right? And me just take that $50 that you add in your pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think, I think we got to get to a healthy ground where we, we say, listen, I'm worth more than $50. Um, this pen that I have is, is, is golden. You know, I've been given a gift. Yes, I, I've been given a gift to give it away at the same time. Again, there's a value. There's a there's a there's compensation for the work that I put in, because this is work. It's it's a lot of it's a lot on 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 that on that mental, you know, putting that pen to that paper. You know what I mean? So, um, um, I don't know if this is a question or or what, but I just want to make sure that folks get that. You know what I mean? And and don't feel guilty about loving what they loving what they do but also knowing that they should receive uh something in return for giving out so much yeah i feel like um we, we have spoken before about uh, uh well two things actually the first thing was on I, I know last season just me came on it was like exposure don't pay the bills you know what i'm saying one thing he did say just, just going there for love is going to pay the bills. But another thing that we did speak about a lot last year and more so this year now, what I guess is just being a, um, the idea of being a public poet, kind of like a public speaker, but being a public poet to where you can um, go out there and, and have a set price that you, you do for your service. It's like motivational speaking, inspirational speakers like that. You do, you're, you're in the lane of a poet, but you put yourself in that professional setting to where you can have the same kind of contract, same kind of um, engagement, just like a public speaker would have. Um, and that's what kind of like we're, we're, we're advocating for poets and so the guests that we have have been doing that. Um, so, yeah, like I just want to piggyback on what Chris was saying. Like that, that's kind of like the idea, just knowing that you are valuable. Because I even thought about like um, people who teach and how they don't want to uh, necessarily charge for like teaching because they feel as though like it's, you know, it's education. It's, it, sh it shouldn't be. But then you, you think about just a, 
disparity between professions and the pay discrepancy. Like it's like, you know, educators get a limited amount of money compared comparatively to other professions. So as a poet, like, um, not that we're trying to seek the money, but money is important because we got to do this. And if we, like you say, we love what we do, it should drive us to be able to work hard and build a, a successful business around it. Um, Cause it's already industry is going to take, like Chris, I was saying, going to take from an entertainment aspect from already. Like why not, why not uh, position ourselves to where we can benefit as our own independent industry or even independent artists within the industry to where it's not like so much of a, you know, a pimping type thing, like with music industry. Um, so when I first began to go places and perform, uh, the only people that were booking poets to do anything were other poets, right? So the budgets were smaller, right? Right. Uh, at least the only people who I knew that were booking poets to do anything were other poets, right? So with the much smaller budgets at the time and the building of a community and an art form, right? Essentially, a lot of it just initially happened for the love, right? But over the years, as more people have become interested in the art form, uh, people who were not directly involved in cultivating it, right? Who were not, who weren't coming to the venues and being there till one, two o'clock in the morning because they just wanted to hear poems. Right. Uh, th those opportunities uh, to, to, to not only ask for more, but demand more because you're speaking with people and organizations who have larger budgets. Right. But everybody who just taking five dollars at the door when, right. you know, at least that being the standard at the time. Right. People taking five dollars at the door. And it's 20 people here, you know, getting what you worth financially, that ain't really uh ain't really gonna work out. But I think that as you go forward in anything, right? Uh the more time you put into it, uh the greater level of recognition you gain within it, uh, the more that you can demand. Uh and if you happen to hit a hot spot, right? Uh, whether that hot spot is an appearance on, uh, you know, on national television or uh, a feature on the track of a, a artist who is like well known in the mainstream, right? You can you can begin to ask for more money than than you would have, right? So I think it's really about uh, uh taking the time to study right mm -hmm. you know artists uh this idea of the starving artist right uh is uh i believe it was the uh the fifth l uh who i first heard use the term striving artist instead of starving nice. right like we ain't, we ain't trying to be starving. We just, we striving, right? Mm -hmm. So 
just provides this whole concept of, you know, we're here for to do things to benefit uh, our community and ourselves, and we want to benefit ourselves so that we continue to can we continue continue to do things that benefit our communities. Right. Yeah. Thirteen. What were you? What was your grind like when you first started, man? Like, basically, ultimately, the question is, how did you get to this level of being thirteen of Nazareth? I mean, that sentence alone is just means a lot. You know what I mean? Like, what? what what steps were you taking you know uh what strategic moves were you making that got you to a level where people like yeah that's that's the guy that's 13th of nazareth um i I just kept showing up Mm. you know I, i heard uh i can't remember who it was that i initially heard say this but they uh the the phrasing was something like you know poetry's popularity exists you know in the in the world in, in like these 10 year cycles where it's like really hot for 10 years and then it kind of disappears yeah it's hot for 10 more years and then it disappears and it's hot for 10 more years and it disappears and the people who become uh well known right the people who we look back now and we like this person is legendary in this art form right they're the people who stuck around when no one else was paying attention so that every time they showed up again right so you know a group of people a generation saw them and then the children of that previous generation saw them and then the grandchildren of the initial generation saw them and then so it was like you got three generations of people who loved poetry and this person's name was present in every single generation i see so you're saying basically basically consistency is 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 like the win and greed yeah consistency right because there, there there will be people who are really good at anything mm-hmm. and if it's not if it's not burning hot for them in terms of the amount of attention that is being drawn to that thing if it's not the most amount of money that could be drawn to that particular thing at that time right then they'll just be like i'm gonna go do something else and then there'll be there could be somebody else who technically right from a technical standpoint might not be considered as good of a writer as a good of of good of a performer as this other person but they just stick around determined that this is what they want to do right they they dedicate themselves to it and you know 15 20 years go by and they're the person who is remembered as you know legend in their craft that leads me to ask you um how did you how did you get your name yeah yeah um right there so my birthday is september 13th my full name has 13 letters my mother and grandmother both died when i was 13 years old um Whoa. Of Nazareth 
portion comes from a verse in scripture uh, where uh, I believe it's a conversation between Philip and Nathaniel. Uh, uh, I think it uh, about no good thing can come from Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I felt like, you know, it, it was reflective of my state of mind, right? Like if I were able to lay out like my lived experience up to the point where I decided to take on this name and somebody was just to look at it, if they took it all together without knowing me, without knowing where I came from, without knowing how I thought about the world, they could look at my life and say, no good thing could come from that, mm-hmm. right? And my response is the same response given in scripture that they should come and see. Mm. It's crazy because I know I'm, when when I first heard your name, I was in high school, right? And it was like, all right. My homegirl, she was like, yo, you, you want to do poetry? You should be heard about this guy at 13 and Nazareth. And I was like, Okay, and then she'll always say a name, and every time I heard the name, I always thought of like a prophet or something like that. It was like, like just, just the name itself, like 13 disciple or something like that. Literally, it's, it's crazy, like, oh, it's not a type, you know what I mean? So, you actually breaking it down for me. I, I didn't even see none of that coming. Like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. All right, but it, it makes sense. Um, it's, I, it's I know, a thing I know about a lot of times, back to the point we were making earlier. Um, I know, I know poets in particular who who kind of who kind of get. In, in that mindset where if it don't get this many likes, it wasn't a good enough poem. Or if it doesn't get this many, uh, if I don't get this kind of response on this line, you know, it wasn't a good enough thing. And it could be delivery, it could be the people. Um, but oftentimes, uh, I know poets who take that like to heart and they'll be crushed if they don't, if they post something and they don't get, you know, if it don't hit, hit triple digits or something like that. Um, and it's all because of, brothers who actually go viral you know what i'm saying we had a guy anthony highland who um has he's gone viral on several platforms doing poetry mm-hmm. and the brother's talents are phenomenal been in the game for a while so it's kind of like you gotta respect the skill um but it's also like you can't expect everybody to have that same lane you know what i'm right. saying because uh even what we're doing right now with, with the podcast it's, it's a lot of poets who can probably talk poetry but may not be able to do it in, in, a, in a podcast type setting or with actual co-hosts or with guests and it may be more like free conversation um so i think everybody has a lane and the last thing i wanted to say because i think it or last point i wanted to make before i ask the next question because it's kind of relevant too going back to the black thought comparison earlier i heard cardi b talking about the song that just came out you know what I'm saying she has said um the reason why she makes these songs in comparison to or in contrast to other songs that are more conscious is because the artists who are conscious don't get the listens you know what I'm saying? That, that's kind of mm-hmm. like what Jay-Z said. He said, um, when I was young, I rapped rap, rap like Common Sense or right. something like that. But now I'm older, I rap like Common Sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, having rapping like Common Sense. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's 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 a lane for individual artists. Um, but I kind of feel like sometimes I see like a lot of artists trying to play the same role. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm sure it's the same thing with when, when, when you were doing your thing back when it was really, really, because I know like, I always think about that poetry jam, like that poetry, you know what I'm saying? Before Versus was on TV, before uh, it was always that poet, most depth, HBO. It was always, all, that's all I knew in high school and college was, was that. So that's like, that's like my main point of reference for poetry outside of performing myself. Um, right. When you were in the heat of that, man, like, did you see artists 
trying to jump out of the lane, like try to like like you know, like you say you start you kind of like kind of like copying other artists and stuff like that, trying to find your own voice. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I think that there are. I think that there are people who see something that is has a measure of attention or popularity and they want to be involved in it and but don't want uh, or don't know how to to create what it takes to be involved in it yet so there are people who uh, there have been a range of things that i've seen there have been people who have gotten on stage with their own work but the work the way that they deliver it sounds like identical to someone who they're inspired by then there are people who have gotten on the other end of the spectrum there are people who have gotten on stage with the work of other people and recited it as if it were their own right like they get on stage you know and people be in the room like and recognize that that's somebody else's work right there have been you know stories of people getting on stage and reciting the work of another artist and people in the room start reciting the poem with them because <laughs> they know the piece right because it ain't that you reciting the work it's that you're not giving the artist credit you know because people get up and share the poets get up that's one thing that i like about poetry that you know i mean and i guess this also happens among singers right like poets essentially do covers right they get up they read other people's poetry mm -hmm. right but you know some people get up and read other people's poetry but don't say that it's other people's it's poetry because they think that they're in front of a room who does not know mm -hmm who this artist is right they like it so much and they just want to share it without saying it belongs to someone else uh, I actually, like i was in a poetry contest right when i was in college and uh i wrote an original piece <laughs> original piece man i made all the the last two man i lost to a guy who recited a poem and i was like i know i heard it before and I was trying mm -hmm. to figure out, I said, the judge never heard, they never heard this before, but then he ain't no winning, getting the cash prize and everything. And I'm like, bro, like, that wasn't your poem. He said, yeah, but I, but you know, it was, it was a good poem. So I feel like if I could read it well, I could, you know, it could work. And I felt like I sat here for like weeks writing this poem, man, and this man went up there and Googled something and just read it and won. I said, bro, like, I was the game messed up. Uh, so, so that's, that's, that, that's, that's, <sighs> that, that. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 also comes from, in part from, uh, I don't know how much part, right? I don't know if, if this fifty percent or less or fifty percent or more, right? Mm -hmm. But that in part comes from when people are putting together contests, but aren't familiar enough with the art form that they're throwing contests for to be able to say that's not your work 
Right. Right. Because right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, a thing it, poetry become popular, mm -hmm. right? It, at a particular moment in time, then some people put together contests because not just to give away money, but because it's an opportunity for them to just make some money. Yeah. Right. And they don't care right. about the art form one way or another. It's just this is a way to get some money on this particular night. We're going to give some money away and and hopefully make much more in the process. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, but if you don't care about the art form, like that comes across in whatever it is that you're presenting. Right. And right. whatever part you're presenting in right if you're the person at the door and you don't care about the art form the way you greet people when they come in that's gonna show up mm -hmm. right if you yeah. on stage if you the dj if you're the host if you're the promoter if you design the flyer yeah and you don't care about the art form itself that it all of that stuff shows up mm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm a I'm a I'm a flip it a little bit. Um kind of transition a little bit, you know. We we we've heard your 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 wife's side of the story. Okay. Right? Uh-oh. Yeah. How did <laughs> how did you all become this this power poetry couple? Yeah. You know what I mean? Did you know she was a poet ahead of time? Did that add to the attraction? Like, you know what I'm saying? T talk to me, bro. Like yeah. that. <laughs> okay. So, so being poets is how we met. Okay. Uh, yeah, we we met on two separate occasions. Uh, I was at a poet. I was at a venue. I was on stage. I had just finished performing. I came off stage. Her and a friend of hers were on the way out the door. They stopped me. As they were leaving, they said, we really liked your poem. I said, thank you. They went their way. I went mine. Right? Okay. Real simple. Uh, a couple years, what was it, a couple years later? Yeah, a couple years later. Uh, CD release party. Uh, she was invited as one of the guest performers uh at my initial cd release party uh a duet project i did with this brother godchild um yeah. so godchild and i released our cd she was there she performed afterwards her and her friend uh they were there they were talking to me remembering me from the previous time we met mm -hmm. uh I was still in the 757 at the time. Uh, she was already living in this area. Uh, I had plans to come up here uh, to perform. Uh, she said, uh, let me know when you come up. I'll come out and support you. Uh, so I came up here, uh, had people, you know, family, friend uh, that I was supposed to stay with, uh, got here. Uh, tried to get in touch with them and could not. And mm. she was the only other person that I knew in the area. Wow. So I reached out to her and she ended up coming to the bus station to pick me up. Uh, I'm pretty sure the version 
that she told you probably had something to do with me calling and leaving like voice messages and sounding really sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like I had been kicked out of the house and she probably mentioned that I didn't have a cell phone at the time because all I had was a pager. Uh, that all, all of these things, right? And, and but initially, it was just we were just friends, awesome. uh, you know, and so we were just friends, two poets hanging out at poetry venues. Uh, and you know, people kind of started looking at us like seeing us together all the time, and like, are y'all together, right? Yeah. Like, nah, we just friends, yeah. right. And then enough people said it, and we kind of looked at each other one day, like, should we try this? Right, right. What are we? Nah, we're not gonna try it. We friends, we good, we're gonna keep it like that. And then so it was a really it it was really organic in terms of how you know the relationship developed and everything else evolved afterward right the yeah. including the way that we're viewed as a couple in the art form right like those who admire us like that just happened right it was no it was no seeking she be herself i be myself we be ourselves together this is where this is where we land you both showed up yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's how you became 13th of Nazareth. Yeah. Of Nazareth. Gotcha. You showed up. Just showed up. That's good. I like how that just came all the way around there like that. Yeah, that's, all the way around, man. You know, that's, <laughs> that's nah, sweet. I figured, you know, you, listen, you show up enough. Yeah. Yeah. You and know. that's, you know, that's, that's the biggest part of it. Showing up. That is, that's the biggest part. Yeah, I mean, because even if you ain't, even if, you know, like I said, I didn't think I was good initially. I mean, I wasn't trying to go to the stage initially. Right. But I spent enough time, like, writing and wanting to write that, you know, you start figuring some things out, right? Mm -hmm. You, you right. bump into some people who share some things with you that encourage you to press forward right in, in spite of the fact that you might not be you might not have made it to your best self yet mm. right that's that, i think that that's just it's a part for me the poetry has really been a part of living right yeah. uh you know my my lived experience the poetry is really integrated into it um and so it's like it's no way I can't I can't examine it separately. Yeah. From from my day to day. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. You know, and that was really the next question, you know, how do you define the poet life and you you literally just did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Every it, day. Yeah. yeah, I mean you can't yeah. I think that you know I don't know if it's 
it might be possible to separate it, right? I, but I don't know how, right? Like separating poetry from like my life, it 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 might be a way to do that, but I don't know how, um, and I haven't tried to figure out how, and I don't have any intentions of trying to figure out how. I don't think you're supposed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like how, how, and why would you pull yourself away from what you're called to? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you just say the word poetry, then yeah, I, I can. All right, but if you say what poetry really is to you, and it's a calling, then you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm going against what God set up. Yeah. I mean, for some people, it could just be work. <laughs> some people yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's like some people you know they all of the things that would technically make them a poet for some people it could it could just be that i'm i don't know anybody personally at least that i know of who thinks that way but i know that there are there are mechanics to writing a poem there are mechanics to putting on a good performance there are mechanics to uh to, to marketing yourself right and if a person has all of the mechanics down right then they could do all of those things in the same way that you know someone goes to you know whatever their job is yeah. right whatever their nine to five they may have and they can do all of those things and earn the money from that stuff and it might not they might not have any personal attachment to to the work beyond the money that it that it earns them right right so i think that that's you know technically possible right. but it doesn't you know for me it doesn't make sense and and the people who i know that i've had conversations like this with that it doesn't make sense to them either yeah if you had to tally up your poems right uh, and I don't know if you if you ever looked at this uh, in this way, but um, who would you say you write for? Like I, I said, I'm you know I, I think I just be given the gift and the and the charge to write for others. Who do you think you write for? Do you write for yourself? Do you write for others? Both. Uh, I oscillate back and forth. Okay. Uh, you know, some pieces I write that they're definitely like for me right i wrote i wrote it specifically for myself uh something i needed to say something i needed to hear and hopefully when i share this it resonates with someone else right and then there are other pieces that are written uh you know inspired by a lived situation uh for the purpose of uh speaking to someone going through something yeah uh so i think it's it, it it's both and I, I think that uh it's actually healthy yeah to be to do that right uh i mean because the the creating itself is something that began for me Right. Like I'm trying to find my voice. I mean, because it's possible that I could have found my voice as a writer 
and then been like, I want to use my voice for something else, right? I found my voice. I understand how it works. Uh, I know what I want to say to the world, but I don't want to say it in poetry. I want to say it elsewhere, right? So, but I think that it's just, it's, it's a healthy thing that if you are going to create for your creativity to oscillate back and forth between being for you and being for for others right uh because it builds a bridge uh between you you get to drawing these lines between yourself and the various audiences that you find yourself in front of right and and hopefully what you'll find is more similarities than differences uh but not let uh, uh the word I would more similarities and differences, but recognizing that all the differences ain't necessarily negative. Okay. Right. To be different ain't negative. Yeah. It's just in and of itself, being different is just different. Right? There are ways in which differences can be negative, but that's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we spoke about this before we pushed that live button, man. Um, what's <clears throat> what's the what's the near future look like for you? I, I know you're getting acclimated, you know, to this uh season this covid mm-hmm. season this digital digital season it was there was a there was a digital season before but like this is the digital season now you know what i mean right. like straight up fully um let me say what i what i what i feel like um is for you and then you tell me uh if this even sounds like you know you could roll in this lane like i, I was telling you before i i see I see you not needing to find the, you know, the poetry spots online and, you know, uh, again, you know, showing up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for exercise. That's always great. Um, but in regards to, you know, like, like moving forward, I see you as the elder, bro. Like I, I, I see you as the, the mentor, um, you know, taking digital calls and and just just imparting information and knowledge to the younger poets and and showing them how to show up because that's a skill that's a skill in and of itself uh whether it's denial or fear or whatever it might be that is a learned skill how to show up yeah um what are your thoughts on that do you uh does that does that work for you like you know what i mean like do you need to go out there perform digitally um what's that look like for you in the in the near future um so in terms of figuring out like exactly how i fit into the digital landscape uh that's definitely part of it uh in terms of the mentoring artists uh who are growing uh in 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 the art form or interested that I, that's something that i have 
indirectly been aiming to do over the years, right? I guess I haven't like set up any mm. like programs wherein right. I'm doing that, but I'm all I've always been open to share with artists like what it is that I have learned along the way that I think might be helpful, like in like right in the moment. Uh so while that's not uh that particular element is not in my plans uh uh currently uh it might be something that i need to consider putting into my plans uh what i am planning to do is uh you know throughout the years uh all of my work i have released it via recording uh and so I am going to uh, publish uh, written work, uh, so that that's that's what's going to be on the horizon uh, for me. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, also, consider in that written work adding the element of speech um and when i say that i mean you know there are there's 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 um there are, there are books that are also um what is the word i'm trying to find um uh, audiobooks jesus okay. audiobooks <laughs> uh, turning your written work into audiobooks also because one you uh, obviously have the voice for it because you know you're a spoken word artist, um, but that lends itself you that lends itself to you being a spoken word artist in the realm of also having audio books, if that makes sense. Because uh, everybody loves to read, not everybody, but folks love to read. Um, but now in this fast-paced lane. If you also add that element to it as an audio book, uh, I think that would add a new dynamic to the industry of poetry. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, cause I love reading, but because of my time constraints, I got three kids, I got a wife, I got a nine to five. You know, I I, I get my books in when I'm driving. You know, and it would be awesome if poets would also get. Yes, have your poetry books, but also translate it into an audio book too. You know, so that it takes the element of, you know, how poets have CDs, you know, and feel the need to, you know, kind of add music to it. But with audio books, you wouldn't have to even do that because yeah. with audio books, we're used to just hearing the author's voice. You know what I'm saying? So just, just think about that too. Um, and, and it's not really hard to, Add that element to it. Uh, there's features, you know, for Kindle and um, Audible and stuff like that that gives you that opportunity. But that's just another option that you can kind of add to that literary piece too. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, awesome, man. Um, you know, I I, I was telling um, Nikki that uh, it would be awesome to get both of you on in the in the in the in the future uh, and just have that 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 dialogue and uh watch y'all go back and forth <laughs> that would be so dope man um kind of get that journey because um 
I don't, you know, you just don't see that a lot. You know, uh, you, you, a lot of times you have the the artist and then the spouse is like the opposite or they just straight up support. You know, uh, it's just it's just awesome to see both of you all in that lane. Um, but I would love also to see the contrast too, you know, um, and see how, how that plays out and stuff like that. You know, um, uh, man, I, I really appreciate you carving out some time for us, man. This has been enlightening. You know, I've been taking notes, man, and and I'm sure um, for those who are listening to us, um, uh, they're like, man, I I keep hearing the name, but I finally. Uh, outside of the YouTube videos, yeah, you know, YouTube you know what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, I finally got a chance to like, like, hear his heart and hear his his mind, you know. So we really appreciate you coming on to the Poet Life Podcast, man. Uh, thank you, man. And, and me, the poetry hero. I ain't gonna lie. Like I said, when I first heard the name, I'm like 13. Like it's like the prophet is something, man. It's key. That's what I'm <laughs> in my head, bro. Like I'm trying to tell you, man. Well, I, man. I, I appreciate. Again, I appreciate the invitation. Thank y'all for having me on. Yeah, totally. Let me ask you before you leave. When was yes, the last sir. time you fumbled on a poem? Because I, before you got on, like I've been watching videos, and it's like you don't mess up. Like it's like you got it in your head. Don't miss, man. <laughs> hey, man. Listen. Uh, so I I I shared earlier that. Uh, you know, I have a certain amount of material in my head and I go to the stage and like whatever comes out is what comes out. So uh, occasionally I will, I'll like, I want to recite something, right? Like I just feel like that, this is the night where I want to just share, like I don't want to be guided, right? I want to just do the piece that I want to do. Uh, and on numerous occasions uh, throughout the years, whenever that would occur, I would go to the stage uh, and I'm like, I'm going to do this poem. And I'll start reciting the piece that I want to recite. And then the words of the piece that I should have been sharing I will hear those words in my head. And if I continue reciting the piece, because right, I've already started, so I've committed myself. So the words of the other piece will get louder in my head until I can't remember yeah. what it is that I'm saying and actually have to stop and recite the piece that's that's playing out in my mind. Those are the times when when I mess up. But is it really a mess up though? Because I'm sure, I'm sure. On I stage, mean, it, it just goes three saying one piece, and he's probably like, "Oh, oh, you know what? Oh, no, no I don't, it's <laughs> not. But it's not because it. Okay. I don't. You know, my the segue is not that smooth for me. Okay, okay, right. It's <laughs> really. I feel like. Yeah, take a dramatic the spirit want to have its way and make it real awkward for me, uh, right? It's like, it literally be like the verbal crack in the sidewalk that you trip over like while walking down the street, okay. right? Like you could be on the street like all by yourself, 
But yeah. if you hit that crack in the sidewalk and you stumble like three or four steps, like nobody All saw you, everybody see you. But it ain't it ain't comfortable. You feel like somebody had to see that. Like I couldn't uh -huh. have been me by myself. Yeah. Man, that's so life right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, all right God, I, I see this path that you have for me. But look, you know, I'm about to go over, over here real quick. I'm go over yeah. here and do this right here. And, you know, it's very be like, hey, you will come right back here. Right. And you will do what it is. And then I go do the, and I do the other piece. And it j just is fluid. Right? As if that was the intention all of the time. Wow, I don't know what why I asked that question. It just came to me because literally, I think last night I was I can't remember which poem um, that you were doing, but it was on YouTube, and um, I was like, like it seems it sounds like he just doesn't mess up at all. Like, yeah, you know. Um, but that's that's dope, man. Um, I think I think that whole statement that you made was a straight up metaphor for life. Um, and I think we're going to end it right there, man. Um, again, thank you so much. Uh, we, we, we plan to stay connected with you. Um, uh, you know, your episode drops in about three or four weeks. Um, our episode drops on Mondays and the same week that this episode drops. Um, if you have the time on that Friday, we want to do one of those live zoom, um, master classes where folks can come on in and just kind of ask you questions and, and kind of pick your brain a little bit and you can kind of just pour out to them you know um i i really anticipate a packed house in there man uh um and if again if you have that time man we would love to have you uh the invitation is there and um uh, so, but, so we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, uh, I want to have, have you answer on the screen, you know, um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, J-Rod, do you have anything left for him? I appreciate you guys being here, man. For real, for real. Like, like I'm trying to tell you, man, it's like, it's <laughs> <laughs> thank, the profit, thank you, man. man. I feel thank you, bro. I feel I, you, hey, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy to be able to, uh, to sow into the lives of other artists uh you know in a in a way that hopefully uh helps make them helps them to move toward being the best version of themselves mm -hmm. right uh and into the lives of people for that matter for the same reason right because you don't have to be an artist to benefit from mm -hmm. the things that artists may share with each other right you just got to be willing to listen awesome really appreciate it man listen it's the poet life podcast thank you all for listening thank you all for watching watching go to our website thepoetlife.com if you need some gear some poetry gear to perform in or just to represent uh the the industry the community go to poetlifegear.com uh subscribe to our youtube page poet life tv but also subscribe to poet life uh podcast wherever you listen to podcasts thank you all for listening guys this is the poet life podcast is christoph wright's 13th of nazareth and j rod d see y'all soon peace 13 man thank you so much bro thank you man
Thank you for having me. Yeah, keep keep your head, man, and um um stay healthy, bro. And uh again, you'll be getting some correspondence from me, man, because like I said, um I, I, I really wanna uh uh see where we can um offer that uh that mentorship to other poets because again I've been getting that question a lot, you know, like how can I like just ask that person a question and and so um um We'll put our brains together. Uh, um, just just being able to have the the poets that we have on, uh, the the legends in the game and stuff like that. People are like, man, if, if you got to connect like that, you gotta you gotta just like be able to present it to folks. And so that's what we want to do, man. So I'm not gonna hold you too much. It's the weekend. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. Enjoy your weekend, bro. Peace. All right, bro. Okay, I think we'll talk. All right, bro. All right. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way.